All right, if you take God's precious word and turn to the book of Proverbs, please. Proverbs chapter 6. God willing, we'll be expounding verses 27 through 29. The title of the message tonight is Everything in Its Place. Everything in Its Place. Is Brother Eddie okay tonight? He's sick? Oh, I hope you get to feeling better soon. Everything in its place. There's an old saying, a place for everything and everything in its place. And God is like that in creation. We've been studying the warning of God's word concerning adultery lately. Or we could say that we've been studying the wisdom of God's word concerning marital faithfulness, couldn't we? And sexual purity. When a man marries a woman, there's a strong God-given bond that's created between them. Even before they marry. Uh, Especially with intimacy, there is a strong God-given bond that's created between them. They become one flesh in their standing before God. And that unique, close bond between the husband and his wife cannot be violated without causing great damage. You all remember the, you know, uh, uh, most, uh, most people do not marry their first boyfriend or girlfriend. And the reason is, is because most of them are allowed to have boyfriend and girlfriends before they're able to be married. And all that causes is problems. I'm fortunate that uh, my girls uh, married their first and only boyfriend. And it's a wonderful thing. There's no one to compare anybody to. They've never had a, a heartbreak. How many of y'all had someone you were in love with as a boy or a girl, or at least you thought you were, and they broke up and you were heartbroken over it? That's almost everybody. Almost everybody. Some people are saying, no, I broke up with them. (laughs) But still, it causes heartache. And you can't have that um, that nearness with a boy or a girl, or especially as a grown-up, and not have that intimate bond. And such is the case that Solomon addresses tonight. Considering these things, he's going to ask us tonight a couple of rhetorical questions. Actually, it's more like one question divided into two, if you could think of it like that. Here's his question in verse 27. Can a man take fire in his bosom, in his clothes not be burned? That's a rhetorical question. He's not wanting you to say, well, let me think on that, Solomon. And he's, not, he's, he's wanting to ask something that by making, uh, presenting you a question, he's making a statement. It's rhetorical. In the summertime, when my vegetables are bearing fruit, I sometimes go out there, especially Tammy likes green beans. And those green beans, you know, 
or squash or whatever I'm picking. You know, you go out there and you think, well, I'm just going to pick what we have today and I'll take on in. Well, you get in there and it's more than, you know, a handful. So I'll get out there and I'll start maybe picking with my, my right hand and there's no other place to put them. So I'm trying to hold them here and keep picking here. After a while, do you know what works for a man or a woman? Yep, take that T-shirt out or a woman can use her apron. Abigail's aprons and get them right there. But, but, but you can take that T-shirt out and start dumping them in that T-shirt just like that. And then you get all you need. You wrap it up in that T-shirt, take it inside, and then you can let them all fall out there on the uh, kitchen counter, wherever you're going to put them at to get washed. And I enjoy doing that sometimes. It's handy. The T-shirt can come in handy. But in the wintertime, I'm not picking any vegetables. Instead of messing with a garden, I'm usually messing with a fire on the inside, the fireplace. My wife is a fire bug. And I love to make her a nice, warm fire. And tending to a fire often requires me to clean out those excess ashes. I mean, ashes are good. They keep a fire warm. But if they build up and they catch up to the bottom of that fire... It blocks some of the draft that goes in and feeds that fire, that oxygen. So you got to go in there and scoop those ashes out from underneath the fire, and uh, or out from around the fire, or however your situation is. And uh, and 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 sometimes when I'm cleaning those ashes out, there'll still be some live coals in there. You got to be careful with those. Those live coals will get you. A while back, I was in there. Uh, I think I was blowing on the fire. Try to get, you know, you get some, you have some uh, coals in there and you put some new wood on the next morning. I can go in there and blow and starts right up. And I leaned in like that and I felt something burn my knuckle. I pulled my knuckle up and there was a little bitty piece of live orange coal. And it just put a hole in my knuckle. That hurt. You have to be careful with that stuff. So when I'm removing ashes out of my fireplace, here's what I don't do. In the summertime, I take those green beans and I put them in my T-shirt. But when I'm pulling those ashes out in the wintertime, I don't take those ashes with that shovel and start putting them in my shirt. Especially if I have those live coals in there. What would happen? I'd have some burned clothes and a burned belly. That's what I'd have. Burned clothes and a burned belly. (laughs) And we're going to think on that tonight. A man cannot take fire into his bosom, Solomon says, and his clothes not be burned. And that's elementary. Any child in here would know that. Timothy, can you touch fire? You know what Timothy's doing? He's going. And Timothy's the youngest one we have in here. And even Timothy knows that. And if that wasn't elementary enough, if that wasn't logical enough of a question for us, Solomon is going to ask us one more. He's going to sort of rephrase the same question in a different way. 
to make sure he's driving this simple elementary point home. He says in verse 28, Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? So if I took those coals out of the fireplace, instead of putting them into my bosom, I took them out of the fireplace, some nice red coals, not the ashes, I mean some good red coals, chunks of burning red coals, and I took them out, and I set them down on that tile in that house, and I laid them out there on that tile, and I got some nice red coals out there, and I pulled my, my, my feet out of my luxury Birkenstock sandals. And I pulled, men won't know what that is, but ladies would. And I pulled them out. And I started walking on those coals like that. Can I do that and not get burned? You may say, well, now I've seen people do that, Brother Richard, on TV. They'd walk across coals of fire. No, you haven't. They'll have ash on them. They'll have something like that as a thermal barrier. But their skin's just like your skin. Don't be tricked by that, that stuff. You can't walk on those orange coals and your feet not get burned. All right? So everyone would agree with that. From the oldest in here all the way down to little Timothy, everyone would agree with that. The answer is no. Again, as I leaned over in that fireplace, and one of those coals touched my knuckle and burned my knuckle against the coal, it was teaching me a lesson. Why is Solomon asking us these questions tonight about fire and coals of fire? I thought we were talking about adultery. I thought we were talking about the bond between a man and a woman and how strong it is. And how in God's eyes and by God's design, He's ordained that the two are now one flesh. So why does Solomon take the idea of adultery and fire and put it all into these Proverbs? Well, let me tell you. I'll tell you why. When there's a nice fire in your fireplace, you know why Miss Tammy's a fire bug? Because when it's cold outside, I bet all you ladies are probably the same way. When it's cold, and men too, when it's cold outside and it's kind of drafty and chilly inside and you got those logs cracking and that fire going and you can feel the heat radiating off of those flames and into your living room, oh, it brings warmth to the room. When there's a nice fire in your fireplace, it brings beauty to the room. Don't you agree with that? I like to turn the lights off. If Tammy and I are sitting in there in the living room, I don't want those lights on. I like flipping those lights off and just watching the flames dance in there. And oh, it's absolutely beautiful. When there's a nice fire in your fireplace, it brings a sense of relaxation into the room, doesn't it? All those flames dance on the logs and that, that gentle crackle. I could just lay down on that couch and go to sleep and take me a nap. Now, there's something that is consistent with the statements I made. 
there is a key phrase that I made in every statement. When there is a nice fire in your fireplace. You see how Solomon's going with this? A fireplace is the place where a fire belongs. A fire in the fireplace is good. A fire in your bosom is bad. A fire on the grate in my fireplace is good. A fire on the sole of my feet is bad. When a man takes fire into his bosom, here's the key. The fire is not where it belongs. He's using such a simple truth. Such a fundamental, elementary truth. To shake us. And to say, wake up man. Think about this. Fire in the fireplace is a wonderful thing. But in the bosom, it's not. Can you imagine a man looking at some burning coals and thinking, I mean, he's sitting there just like me on that fireplace, and in, in, in that couch next to my fireplace, or maybe you. How many of y'all have a fireplace? You, y'all had one going this year. Yeah, that's nice. And you're sitting there on your recliner or your couch or whatever, and you look at those burning coals and you think, oh, they're so beautiful. They're just so lovely and beautiful. That soft amber glow. And it is beautiful. Could you imagine though someone looking at those coals? Because we all agree they're beautiful. But could you imagine someone looking at those coals and saying, oh, look at those beautiful Soft, glowing amber coals. I love that color color of orange and that soft glow. I think it's absolutely stunning. Beautiful coals. I think I just want to reach out and give them a hug. Well, we all giggle at that, don't we? We all think, Brother Richard, that is so stupid. I'll take them out from the ashes and I'll embrace them in my arms. Well, when a man does that, he's soon going to find out that those coals are lovely in the ashes, but they're harmful in his arms. You see? They're lovely in the ashes, but they're harmful in his arms. But as elementary as that is, that's not what men do with women. They will look at a woman, they'll say, oh, how lovely. How sweet she is. How beautiful she is. I know what I'll do. I will take her from her husband and embrace her in my arms. That's what's happening. That's the point Solomon is trying to make tonight. A fire belongs in the fireplace, not in my bosom. When I burned my knuckle on the burning coal, do you know why I got burned? I'm going to tell you. I got burned because I was not where I belonged. 
Richard belongs on the couch. Richard does not belong in the fireplace. The fireplace, the fire belongs in the fireplace. The fire does not belong on Richard's couch. You put Richard in the fireplace, you're going to have some injury. You put the fire on the couch, you're going to have some damage and then probably some injury. So when a man takes fire into his bosom, he's taking something that is wonderful. Something that is beautiful. He's taking something that is beneficial as long as it's where it belongs. And he's removing it from his rightful place and putting it where it does not belong. And when a man walks upon burning coals, he's placing a man. A man that's also wonderful. A man that is beautiful, made in the image of God. A man that is beneficial as long as where that man is where he belongs. And he is putting himself where he doesn't belong. On coals of fire. Here's a kingdom truth for you tonight. God made a place for everything He made. And you can't move something from its divine place without harming it. And we'll say it again. God made a place for everything He made. And you can't move something from its divine place without harming it. You think about the creation in the book of Genesis. God made a garden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. Isn't that something? God made the seas. And there he put the fish. God made the heavens. And there he put the birds. And the sun. And the moon. And the stars. God made marriage. And there he put one man and one woman for life. Now you take a fish from the sea and you put him on land. You're going to harm the fish. You expel a man from the garden of Eden where the tree of life is. You're going to harm the man. You put the sun out of its orbit where God put it. And you're going to harm every living creature. And you take a man from his wife. And you put him with another woman. With another man's wife. And you're going to harm everyone involved. You cannot move something from its divine place without harming it. What turned angels into devils? The Bible says they kept not their first estate. In other words, God gave them a divine place and they didn't stay there. I will ascend. I will exalt my throne above the stars. I will be like the Most High. No, that's God's place. That's the Most High's place. God gave you a divine place and you can't take your something out of a divine place without harming it. And now because the, the third of the angels took themselves out of the divine place that God gave and ordained for them. Now he has had to ordain a place that burns with fire and brimstone for the devil and his angels. Whether it's a fish in the sea, a man in the garden, 
devil in heaven or a man with another man's wife. You can't take something from its divine place without harming it. What happens when a man goes into his neighbor's wife? He leaves the place God made for him. Solomon is saying, as a man can't touch fire without getting burned, verse 29, so he that goeth into his neighbor's wife. His neighbor's wife is where his neighbor belongs. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to speak directly to you. Your neighbor's wife is where your neighbor belongs. Your neighbor's husband is, is where her husband belongs. Where your neighbor belongs. You get the point. His neighbor's wife is where your neighbor belongs, but it's not the place where you belong. A strange woman, that means someone who doesn't belong to you. Solomon is saying, it's like fire. She is beautiful, lovely, and beneficial in her place. But she is harmful when she's out of place. Touch the fire in the fireplace, and you will not go without harm. Likewise, look in your text, whosoever toucheth her shall not be innocent. That means he's not going to get away with it. He's going to be found guilty. He will be punished. He will suffer the consequences. You go into another person's spouse. You sleep around on your wife, your husband. You cheat with another person's spouse. You're not going to get away with it. Literally, Solomon is saying, whoever touches her will not be clean. They'll be guilty. They'll be forever damaged by their sin. That stain will be there for the rest of their lives. Can a person who commits adultery be forgiven? Absolutely. David was forgiven. But can a person commit adultery and remove that stain from this life? No, sir. Whoever touches her will not be clean. They're going to have that stain, that mark forever. Of course, the sin stain is gone. I'm not saying that. But next week when we get back in here and we start looking at the rest of the text, Solomon is going to explain how you, you go and you touch that woman, you got dirty hands as far as guilt goes. And it will stay with you for the rest of your life. Again, you'll be forgiven on your way to heaven through the blood of Christ. We thank God for all of that. Nothing taking away from that. But I'll tell you one thing. I'll promise you one thing. That stain will never go away you, your spouse can take you back. But I've watched it. Not in my own home, but I've watched it. I've watched it in other people's. And that spouse can forgive you and take you back. But it will never leave the cheated spouse's mind. Never will. And 
You can ask someone who's been through that before. The, the forgiven party, the one who went out where they didn't belong, put the fire in their bosom. They come back, they repent, their spouse forgives them. You know what a lot of spouses will do? When times get hard and they get angry, do you know what they'll do? They'll bring it up. That's right, brother. They'll bring it up. Why? Because you can be forgiven. <laughs> but it's just like, just like trying to touch that PVC pipe primer, that purple primer. You can go and wash your hands all day long before supper, but that purple's going to be there when you eat your sandwich that night. Whoever touches her will not be innocent, will not be clean. With that, we'll go ahead and close tonight. Lord willing, get back into the, the Scripture next week, and I'm looking forward to expounding it uh, more as Solomon goes. Father, we thank you so much for your precious word. Thank you for the principle of you making a divine place for everything you make. Help us, Lord, to recognize, to accept, to embrace the place where you made for everything, whether it's for people, Lord, our spouses, our submission, our authority, whatever it is. But, Lord, that we will remain the place you put us in and that we'll not try to take anything else out of its place, especially, Father, a person who you made from their mate. We ask it in Jesus' precious name. We love you. Amen.